20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. What is up, Green Bay Packers fans? Welcome back to another edition of the Pack a Day Podcast. The Day one of free agency is over, and if something doesn't happen in the next couple hours, and hint, it probably won't, the Packers did nothing on day one of free agency. We are shocked of uh, we are shocked about that outcome, and we're going to talk about that today. Um, I am joined, as always, by my good pal Ross Uglum. Ross, scale of 1 to 10, how shocked are you by the lack of the Packers' moves on day one of free agency? Uh, you know, zero shocked, but I, I mean, I will say I'll, I, what was the big spending spree on day two, the Turner, yeah. Oh, yeah. Amos, yep. it was on day two, yeah. not day one. Okay. I remember I waking, different. waking up to some of that stuff, you know, yeah. like it happened first thing in the morning. Yep. Cause I, I know the Jimmy Graham thing happened like in the first hour of free agency, which was so rare for a Packers mm-hmm. signing. Uh, but you know, again, and I've I've had kind of this conversation with a number of people, um, you know, during this period where there's a lot of complaints about the Packers not doing enough in the off season or as much in the off season or whatever. But it to me, it's like these are not Ted's Packers. I mean, go go look at like he he have a five or six year run of you know Marquand Manuel, and that's it. Like the. <laughs> Compared to Ted, Goody goes on spending sprees uh, as far as, you know, you look back last year and Funches and Wagner and Kirksey, and then, you you know, you look uh, back to Z and Billy and Adrian and Preston and then uh, Jimmy and, and Tremont and, and Muhammad Wilkerson, and he tries, you know, he does he does the little things. He, he'll make the splash, um, you know, at the time, Jimmy and, and Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith were not mid-level, mid-tier guys. Like, they, they were – Guys, and and not all of them were, you know, th- those signings worked out to various degrees, but they were all um, top of their market guys. And this year, Green Bay is just not going to be in on a top of the market guy unless it's the exact right player in the exact right situation because um, they're up against the cap. And bringing in a top flight guy would mean restructuring Rodgers and, and probably shotgunning Jordan Love into the sun. I mean, yeah. for all intents and purposes. And and so I don't know if they're ready to make that commitment yet. I think they should be, but the, they don't, you know, they're probably not. You know, they haven't seen the poor kid take so much as a snap in a preseason game against another NFL team. And they they made their splash also, folks. Um, you know, we've, we've heard uh, on a number of occasions that this Aaron Jones deal is, is a lot closer to four years 38 than it is uh, four years 48. When we talk about the, uh, you know, whether or not these incentives are or are not likely to be attained, and when we talk about actual salary cap numbers attached to this Aaron Jones deal, but um, you know, we're we're in a in a spot where the Packers just monetarily they aren't there. I mean, even if Jones comes in in a low cap number, he's a fifth round pick. He's getting a pretty big raise, guys. There, you know, he wasn't making any money at all. Yeah, and I think. The thing about this, and this Packers fans get sick of hearing this, but it, it is a good reminder. When you have good players, you pay them. When you have good players, you don't need to make the big splashes in free agency on day one because you're not really trying to patch and fix things to a drastic, drastic degree. We saw that a couple of years ago 
with the the Snits and the Amos and the Turners. But guys, that was after a really poor season for the Packers. They had some stuff to fix. You see it in free agency this year. The most active team has been Bill Belichick's Patriots, who typically don't do that, but they, they typically are they typically aren't dog trash. They were last year, and Bill's had enough. You even look at a team that was in the Super Bowl, the Kansas City Chiefs. That's a good football team. Who did they pay? They paid an offensive guard left tackle money to get him to come to Kansas City. Like he is getting paid because their offensive line is bad. It's very bad. So they have to do some drastic things on day one to try to patch that stuff up. It honestly, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know how I feel about that deal, Ross. Like that is, I I don't know how I feel about paying a left guard tackle money. And what what is what kills me is we'll we'll see when Elton Jenkins becomes a a free agent, you know, what kind of money he commands. But when you keep those guys in-house, they typically cost less. And I would guess it's hard to say. It's hard to project the cap out, what, three years, two years from now, whatever it is. Um, But I doubt Elton gets paid like that because that is a lot of money. One of the scariest things is paying Patriots offensive linemen. I know Skarnecki is not there anymore, but how many Patriots offensive linemen have been given the bag. And then once they get out of New England's offensive line sk- system, have not been the same player. And it's, I don't want to hear, you know, well, as PFF grade, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, the PFF grade is high because he grades out well on tape because he's coached by the best offensive line coach of all time. Guy after guy after guy. I think Trent Brown is just the latest example. Leaves the Patriots system and does not return the investment of the team that invested in him. And that I think is the number one thing for people to remember in the free agency market. Folks, the the literal definition of free agency is you are picking up guys that the team that they were on before did not deem them valuable enough to keep. It's just a simple reality of the situation. And if we've seen, and we've seen anything with the salary cap, it's, it is one of those things like I, I'm not full on the salary cap isn't real because it obviously is. But if you want to keep a guy, Aaron Jones, keep him, you know, go go get the deal done. Um, if the Packers wanted to keep Corey Lindsley, who we will talk about here in a little bit, they could have they could have made that happen. But they're looking at you know, the situation and saying what exactly what you're talking about, Ross. Here is a guy who we love what he's done for us in the past. This will be his third contract. We just don't think we're going to get that return on investment from him. Um, and, and moving on to that, let's move on to Corey, Corey Lindsley, who that was the biggest Packers news of the day is Corey Lindsley and guys that are potentially leaving. Um, I just want to say quick, I love Corey Lindsley, man. I, I love that dude. I love what he brought to this Packers team. I love the toughness, the intelligence, the intangibles, the locker room stuff you hear about Corey Lindsley. He will be missed. But good for him. Good for him to go get paid. And good for the Packers to be picking up a fourth-round comp pick next year. Russ, um, give your give your final farewell to the one and only Corey Lindsley. Yeah, you know, Corey has been great. Um, awesome family. Uh, some folks, I think it was his dad, like followed me on Twitter the day after Corey got drafted by the Packers. Um, always remember that just because he was so interested in the success of his son. And um, Corey and his wife have just been – Tremendous members of the Green Bay community. I, I don't live there, but you hear story after story, uh, not only written in the news, but just from folks like Kyle Kuzino who live out there and and are really going to miss uh, him and his family just as Packers 
Um, but that's that's kind of the deal. You know, it's it's very rare um, that a Packers offensive lineman will get that third contract. And and Bakhtiari got his, which means that Lindsley didn't get his. And I think, um, you know, as a whole, yeah, you pay your left tackle instead of your center. Um, but just a phenomenal player. You know, wasn't always the best center in football. This was by far his best year. And he got paid for his best year. I mean, that's that's why he's now the most the, the most highly paid center in the league is because he had his best year in a contract year. And I'm not saying those two things are related. I don't think Corey's the kind of player it's like, oh, shoot, it's my contract year. I need, I need to play really well. I think he laid it on the line for the Packers Sunday in and Sunday out. With all that said, I mean, as much as this is a loss, I don't think it's that big of a loss. And, and I'll kind of explain myself this way. Um I think Elton Jenkins has a chance to be better in 2021 than Corey Lindsley was in 2020 or maybe not that, but at least he has a better, he has a chance to be better in 2021 than Lindsley does in 2021. Corey's a year older. Um, Jenkins is an extremely capable center. I think that both of those two guys, like I said, I think there's a chance you get better play out of, um, out of Elton. And there might be a, a Stenovich, deal too. I mean that it could be real. There are some there are some guys having some career years under the tutelage of Stenovich. Billy Turner comes to mind for sure. Um Lindsley obviously that definitely happened. Elton has been awesome uh, under Stenovich. There might be an actual correlation there uh to his ability to coach the offensive line and the ability of those guys um to succeed and and I just think they're they're really in in good shape on the interior. As as crazy as it sounds losing a guy like Corey Lindsley any of those three spots or, frankly, right tackle, and you're going to feel great about, about where you're using Elton Jenkins for sure. Um, I think left guard, right guard, either spot, you're feeling really, really good about John Runyon Jr. after a full offseason, everything that he showed. And then you've got a, a functional, if not great, uh, option in Lucas Patrick. I, I mean, if it were me today, right now, I'm definitely going Lucas Patrick, center John Runyon Jr., right guard. That's what I would do just because I think short arms, short stature, Lucas Patrick is a little overmatched at guard. I don't love him there. Um, I think you saw that with some of the better pass rushers, interior pass rushers. They really, He really struggled with them. I would rather have Lucas Patrick as kind of the climb up to the second level guy against the run and because he's a great athlete and, and then the kind of the help guy. You know, very rarely in this day and age is a center head up on, on a pass block, you know, not a lot of zero techs are bull rushing the center. You're usually helping one of your two guards. And, and I like Patrick as more of the helper than the take on guy. And that's why I really like, you know, Runyon and Elton as, as that left guard, right guard thing. And, and Billy Turner at right tackle with, with obviously David Bakhtiari coming. And I've said this on other mediums, but I want the pack a day listeners to listen to this because I've, I've, had about enough, um, folks. It, it's 2021. Okay, I, I'm I'm sick of being well actually by idiots on Twitter telling me that David Bakhtiari isn't going to be there for the first half of the season. If that happens, I will gladly admit that I am wrong, but I am likely not. ACL injuries are an eight to nine month injury now. It's 2021. Adrian Peterson did it in six and a half months. Is David Bakhtiari Adrian Peterson? Probably not. He also doesn't have to cut on a dime and try to run over a defender. Okay. If he's not there in week one, I'll be very surprised. If he's not there by week five, I'll be shocked. I think there's a chance yeah. you see him 
late in camp. I, I don't. He won't play in the preseason, obviously. But guys, ACLs are not a twelve month injury anymore. They are not going to have to make an a no David Bakhtiari plan. Should they probably upgrade swing tackle or draft a right tackle of the future? Hell yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. But they are they do not need to plan a a twenty twenty one without David Bakhtiari. Well, and a guy that you didn't even mention that I think they could bring back for absolute peanuts is Lane Taylor, Lane Taylor. who was the, by a lot of accounts, the best interior offensive line in camp last year. Now, has he been hurt the last couple of years? Yeah, and that's why he's going to be cheap, and that's why he's not going to want to go anywhere else. So, I mean, just the options that they have is wild. And before we move on, I mean, it's important to point out, like, they, yeah, they've lost an all-pro offensive lineman the last two years, and we are not freaking out about offensive line. In fact, I'm very confident that this offensive line will play to a similar level of excellence next year because I think you have young guys in the pipeline that are ready to step up. You have a good mixture of guys that are going to continue to still get better in Elton Jenkins. Um, So, you know, I I think this offensive line is going to remain a strength of this team next year. Um, And if you don't have anything else, Ross, one thing that we do need to, to touch on is the fact that Robert Tunyon is still yeah. out there kind of just floating in the wind, right? We They have not tendered him yet. It looks like if they, you know, all accounts are basically saying they'll probably slap that second round tender on him, which is going to count for, you know, $3 million and some change next year. And I, I'm of the mind, Ross, and we were talking about this before the show, I'm of the mind that I think the Packers have put themselves in a really good situation here uh, because I think they have young talent at tight end that can do what Tunyon does. Um, so if they slap a second round tender on him and someone wants to go nuts and say, yeah, we want him for that, I would take that second rounder. I would. Um, now if they slap that second rounder on him and nobody wants him and the Packers have to pay that $3 million, great. That's great. Let him play. Tunyon's a really good player. I love having him on my football team, and I think he can play well with those other guys. Um, and then to top it all off, Ross, this is what we were talking about. How long have the Packers been wandering in the wilderness for a tight end? Now it seems like they finally have one. So would they be out of their minds to let this guy go? Yeah, I mean that's a that's a, the tough situation or the tough uh, question. I don't, I really don't think, um, you know, unless it was like a, a contender that really felt they were a tight end away, which I don't really think those exist. I mean, you, you know, one thing too about this is the best teams in the NFL. A lot of them have really damn good tight ends, and, and I think. You know, you'll see San Francisco rise back up to the top of the league if they can stay just a little bit healthy, just just a little bit healthy, and and they're good. Kansas City with Kelsey's obviously good. Tampa Bay with with Gronk and Brait and OJ are good. Green Bay is good. You know, team after team that has a decent tight end are, are you know ends up kind of being up there. Even you know, obviously the Titans making it as far as they made it with Johnny Smith. Excuse me, with Johnny Smith. Um, it's a good club and, or, it, you know, it's, it's a good problem to have, I, I think. And yeah, I'm with you on the second rounder. I, I would even, you know, with as poor as this class is at tight end and kind of the inability to replace Tunyon in this class, I'd be a little nervous about taking a second rounder. It does solve a lot of problems. It adds draft capital, you know, that, that you're a little light on this year, although they do have an extra four five and six, um, and, and, you know, you have guys that you hope 
are, are going to make it, but you don't know. You don't know that Deguara year two is going to make it. You don't know that Jace year three is going to make it. Uh, Big Dog is a tackle. He's probably going to be even more of a tackle next year if, if he comes back. Um, I think it would be a significant loss to the offense. Um, but but at the same time, you know, you use that too on uh, Kadarius Tony or Amon Ross St. Brown or the love of our life, Deami Brown, and maybe you have a better offense if if Stern and uh, and Deguara are, are a little bit useful, and you know do what the the Michael McCarthy Packers did and find some uh, scrap heap tight end and try to figure that out. You know, go the Martellus Bennett or Jared Cook route again. It's just that that's such a sad route or such a scary route. And Tunyon finally is this homegrown, home developed stud. That man, I mean, I, honestly, the Packers have been looking for since J. Mike broke his neck. Yeah. And I like, like you were saying, like, give him, give him another year, give him a, this is your prove it year. And to give a guy who should have been, I mean, he, he should have been an all pro last year. He was that good and give him another year to basically say, okay, can you do it again? And if he can do it again, you have some flexibility to go ahead and say, all right, we're going to give you, we're going to give you the contract now. We're going to give you the, um, the security and stuff. And you also have, I think the security of, first of all, if you, if you entertain getting rid of Tunyon, like you hit it, that's a risk, right? You, you are banking on DeGuara and Sternberger being guys that can replace his production. Now, maybe they do, you know, that's the, that's the argument is maybe LaFleur is confident enough in his offense to say, Hey, 87 um, can do, can do what 85 is doing. And then we and then we're getting Deguara back next year, who's going to kind of play that juice check type of role for us in this offense, and we're going to add a new wrinkle to this offense on top of being able to get someone else with that extra second round pick. So there's options, and that's what I'm saying. It's like I just think the Packers have just they're in a really good spot here. They're in a really good spot to just kind of let let ha- let happen what happens, right, and kind of go on from there. Um, but like I said earlier. Um, I would. I, I don't think there's this really a scenario where I'm going to be upset with what happens with Tunyon. Um, obviously, Tunyon is a great story. He's a blast to watch, and I would love for him to be a Packer for you know and to be productive like he was last year for years and years. Like who wouldn't love that? Tight ends are awesome. But moving on, Ross. Um, so those are kind of the guys that Green Bay has either you know had on the roster, let go from the roster. Let's kind of dip our toes a little bit into speculation season here. So we pretty much know, we pretty much know Green Bay's not going to be contenders for anyone big. And a lot of the big guys are already going to be off the market. There's just, there's still a few names. Can I, can I, say, can I tell you that, that I have a caveat for that? Yes. It depends, I guess, what your, what your definition of big is. I, I still think Will, Will Fuller's in play. Okay, so you you took it right out of my mouth. Um, I, I, don't I think, still think Will, I still think Will Fuller's in play. Um, I I don't have anything. I mean, I know I'm the publisher of Packer Report, whatever, but I, I don't have any. I don't have anything on that um, other than some stuff that you know, the same stuff that we heard about them trying to trade for him is the same stuff that I'm hearing now uh, about mm-hmm. a potential signing. It will be Here. very interesting. It'll be very interesting to me to see how the non-Corey Davis wide receiver market um, kind of pans out. And they might just wait until Emmanuel Sanders is super desperate too. I, I could really see that happening. But as far as big, 
I would I think that Will Fuller is still in play. I do too. And that's and I, I actually I wouldn't classify that well, if they give him the money, it would be big, but I don't think I don't think he's gonna command that type of contract, especially coming off of his latest suspension. Um, but here's my basically my thoughts on that is I, I know um at least I heard from a couple of people that when they were trying to trade for Will Fuller this last year, it hinged on a couple of different things. One, what ultimately broke that trade was the fact that um, Houston wanted more than Green Bay was willing to give up. And the second thing that it hinged on was the fact that Green Bay wanted to get a long-term deal done with him. They didn't want to, they didn't want a rental, right? And there is some reports out there that would say Will Fuller had a contract in place. That was not that was not the issue. That was not the hangup for him coming to Green Bay. It was the capital that Houston wanted. So what I think essentially happens here is Will Fuller is now a free agent. He comes to Green Bay or Green Bay comes to him and says, hey, we had a contract in place. We would like to sign you to this contract if you want it. Go out, shop yourself around, see what else is out there, right? And see if you can get something better. If not, here we are. We're right here. Come on home. Come on home to us. Take that contract, right? And I think the fact that he is out there still after day one, and you haven't really heard much about him, I think that bodes well for the Packers. Because I I think there is mutual interest on both parties for Will Fuller to be a Green Bay Packer. Um, and that I think is the, that's kind of the that's kind of the obvious one, right, Ross? That's the one everyone's kind of talking about. Everyone's kind of um, going through and, and saying. Um, so I think that's the one that if, if anything happens, that'll be it. And I think beyond that, you're really going to be looking at mid level mid level type guys. You know, the guys that are going to come in and be kind of like your Rick Wagner's last year, a guy that you might kind of scoff at right away. Um, But if Rick Wagner taught us anything last year, it's that the Packers might know what they're doing, right? They might have an idea of what they want to get done and how they want to get it done. So that is what I think to expect from the next couple of days. I don't expect a big time signing. I know they talked about Devontae getting um, extended, which would be fantastic. Um, If they do want to go ahead and sign anybody huge, um, they'll have to redo Rodgers' deal. And what Ross alluded to earlier in the show, if they redo Rogers deal and commit to him, um, they're basically saying, well, Jordan Love is going to be a really expensive backup for the next few years, or Jordan Love is going to get showcased and traded, which might be the most likely scenario at this point in time, um, which is fine, which is totally fine. If they go ahead and flip Jordan Love for an early second, late first, um, you get a, a really good backup for a couple of years and you rented him. You know, you kick the can down the road. You didn't get that immediate return on investment. I understand there's going to be people that are saying, well, they could have gotten this guy. They could have gotten that guy. Yeah, they could have, right? Um, but they also got an Aaron Rodgers to play at an MVP level. So uh, it'll be interesting to kind of see what unfolds tomorrow. And as Ross pointed out earlier in the show, something doesn't happen early, that's fine. It, 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 the, the year where they signed these core guys, it happened on day two. So pay attention to that. Nothing much else I bet will happen tonight. If anything, I'm sure the phone lines are going down. Uh, but that is all we have for you guys today. 
Um, thank you for joining us. Get uh, get your thumb exercises in tonight so you can scroll on that Twitter feed all day again tomorrow, hoping for some good Packers news, hoping for a fun signing for this Packers team. That will put them over the top. That will make them the best team in the world. That will make them go 19-0 and and beat every team by 50 points because that's the only way some of you guys will be happy. And even if that does happen, there will be some of you that are complaining that it was boring to watch. So, Enjoy the show. Enjoy the ride. Aaron Jones is a Packer. He's fun to watch. This team's going to be fun to watch. Thank you for listening to us. And as always, go Packers.